If you just read the bio for Dr. Steve, host of Weird Medicine on Sirius XM 103 and made popular by two really comedy shows, Opie and Anthony and Ron and Fez, you would have thought that this guy was, was a bit of a, you know, a clown. Number one thing, don't take advice from some asshole on the radio. Your show was better when you had medical questions. Hey! I've got diphtheria crushing my esophagus. I've got Ebola virus dripping from my nose. I've got the leprosy of the heart valve exacerbating my incredible woes. I want to take my brain out and blast with the wave an ultrasonic, echographic, and a pulsating shave. I want a magic pill for all my ailments. The health equivalent of Citizen Kane. And if I don't get it now in the tablet, I think I'm doomed and I'll have to go insane. I want a requiem for my disease. So I'm paging Dr. Steve. It's Weird Medicine, the first and still only uncensored medical show in the history of broadcast radio. No, a podcast. I'm Dr. Steve, and this is a show for people who would never listen to a medical show on the radio or on the Internet. If you've got a question you're embarrassed to take to your regular medical provider, if you can't find an answer any, <laughs> oh boy, anywhere else, Give us a call at 347-766-4323. That's 347-POOHEAD. Visit our website at drsteve.com for podcasts, medical news, and stuff you can buy. And follow us on Twitter at Weird Medicine. Most importantly, we are not your medical providers. Take everything here with a grain of salt. Don't act on anything you hear on this show without talking over with your doctor, nurse, practitioner, physician. Physician assistant, practical nurse, pharmacist, chiropractor, acupuncturist, yoga master, physical therapist, clinical laboratory scientist, registered dietitian, or comedy podcast host. Who could I possibly mean? But before we get to that, uh, don't forget stuff.drsteve.com. That's stuff, S-T-U-F-F dot drsteve.com for all your online shopping needs. You can just go there and click straight through to Amazon, or you can scroll down look at all the different products that we've discussed on this show. Also, try out uh, Naked Wines. You can get there at wine, W-I-N-E dot drsteve.com. And if you need some earbuds, tweakedaudio.com. Offer code FLUID for 33% off. The best earbuds for the price and the best customer service anywhere. And if you want to lose weight with me, try out Noom, N-O-O-M dot drsteve.com. That's Noom dot drsteve.com. It's a psychology program, not a diet. And I've uh, attained my ideal body weight and uh, love every minute of it. Noom dot drsteve.com. All right. Uh, My guest today is the delightful Ralph Sutton. We've had him on before. Uh, he gave away a cruise on this show, and then who, the guy he gave it to just said, go F yourselves, I'm not going. And then he gave the, you know, he just bailed. So anyway, uh, Ralph, uh, thanks for being back on the show. No worries. You know, what's funny. I did radio for a long time, and we would give away things often, you know, tickets to shows, cruises, whatever it was. I would ask them a thousand questions off the air because so often people just want to hear their name or get off the air and have zero desire to actually go. And because of doing that, my list at concerts would have like an 85% return rate where the average radio show would have like a 10%. Oh, I learned something. If you give somebody something for free, they don't give a shit about it. It doesn't matter if it is a cruise. I, uh, you know, I do comedy promotion down here. And uh, we had uh, Bobby Kelly, and we had a sold-out thing, but I had a block of seats. 
all these friends of mine wanted free tickets, right? So I said, sure. And I reserved them all the seat. Not one of them showed up. <laughs> yeah. If it tells you anything, Steve, is people are terrible. Yeah, they are. They're horrible. They they suck. And I learned my lesson. If you want a free ticket, come see me at the show and maybe I'll give you one. Yeah. It's so ridiculous. Oh, I was so pissed. It was right in the middle. I mean, the best seats are just empty. And so, you know, I I moved some people around so Bobby just wouldn't think I was a schlump and couldn't sell tickets, you know. Anyway. Well, listen, um, so you're best known. I Well, I, I don't know if this is true, if you're best known, but for the SDR podcast that you do with Big J. Yeah, for sure. And But now you're doing this health-related podcast called good sugar what the what the hell happened to you well you know what's funny so i would start by saying if you're only identified or you only relate to yourself through one channel you're probably a boring individual you should be identified in multiple layers of who you are as a person yeah right? okay although i do feel not not shitting on comics but most comics are comics and that's it right yeah. i'm yeah. not a comic you know i am um, well i'm boring so I, i'm just known for one thing so <laughs> so fine. i mean even though you, you should have other interests you have other things that fascinate you yes. you know i think it's important so years ago here in new york city i helped not launch but build this company called juice press which they have like 80 locations in new york and a all over the country. A friend of mine started the company, and I worked with them from three locations to about 35 locations. Wow. Vegan, raw, organic juice and food company. But I left when, when SDR started to get bigger. And then about a year and a half ago, he sold the company, and he wanted to get into podcasting, but he didn't want to do it alone. And his thought was to like continue with a new brand by doing it about health and wellness. The owner has been vegan forever. Super healthy yoga guy. Yeah. We're the same, but he looks 10 years younger. You know, that kind sure. of guy. And uh, I was doing it with him. And the initial idea was him trying to make me healthier and better. And that's where it started. The original idea, which is still kind of that idea, was him showing me things like yoga and, and um, meditation and showing me various gurus or things like that. And then I would crap on them because I'm very logical. <laughs> of course. You know, I do research and show, oh, this doesn't work or that works and that doesn't. And we originally called it the Sherpa and the Schmuck was the idea, right? Sure. But the problem is great. Unless you're, unless you're over 35 and Jewish, you don't know what that means, right? So we gave up on that and switched it to the name of his new venture, which is Good Sugar. And the idea behind Good Sugar is that not all things that you think are bad for you are, and not all things that you think are good for you are. Right. That's because there is good sugars. Fruit sugars, like coconut sugar or fruit, you know, any kind of fruit sugars, can be good for you in small doses. Not necessarily bad for you, but people associate sugar as, oh, that's just awful. Yeah. You know? So that is the, the concept behind the show. Looking at varied uh, health and wellness practices, supplements, ideas, and then trying to find out how good or bad they actually are for you. Well, you're actually doing a health-related podcast, whereas, you know, I'm still um, uh, reeling from uh, taking a, you know, s soaking a tampon in vodka and having a woman insert it in her vagina, and then we would uh, do uh, uh, breathalyzers on her to see if you could get drunk that way. So, I mean, you're actually helping people. I don't know what, what I'm doing, but... Did that, did that work? I imagine it does work, No, right? it does you not. Do? No, if you think about it, the vagina, what's one thing it's not designed to do is absorb things, because, Makes you know, sense. when you insert 
you know, people forget that these things were designed for a specific purpose, which was to procreate. We hardly use them for those things. But um, so but the purpose of it was to take um, to take semen and make sure it doesn't get absorbed and hold it in there until the you know, the uh, an egg could be fertilized. Right. So, right. yeah, it absolutely does not work. The colon. What about the back door? The back door works. Yes. Now the back door. The colon is designed to uh, um, reclaim water. That's really all the large bowel does. And it does a few other things, but you know it's a repository. It keeps stool away from the rest of the body, that kind of stuff. But its real function is to is to reclaim water, and uh, it will reclaim water and alcohol just as efficiently. And that's why people who give themselves champagne enemas sometimes die because uh, they can't control it. It's like taking an edible. You know, I'm sure you don't know anything about taking edibles, but um, (laughs) when you take an edible, you really, unless you know the milligram amount that's in it, you can't control it. Right. Right, And then you, you don't get, you don't get the effect. And then you take another one and then another one. Then it's like, holy shit. So um, I, I wouldn't know. I just, you know, I, I, I know this from a scientific uh, perspective, but um, the same thing happens when you do uh, champagne enemas is all of a sudden you, you just can't control the intake anymore and people Mm -hmm. can uh, have uh, alcohol poisoning or they can, uh, you know, become unconscious and then drown in their own juices and stuff. Because the absorption rate of the alcohol through the anus is a higher absorption rate because if you drank a, a full bottle of champagne, you're not going to die. That's right. But I, you get more of the alcohol if it's coming up your butt. Well, you're getting it faster, and again, you can't control the intake. When you drink, you know, you're not just chugging a whole bottle of champagne right. either. You're sipping it or you're drinking it. Even if you drink it fast, you're not getting it all at once. Right. And right. Uh, and you can control it. If you start getting a little bit too wasted, you kind of back off. Right. But okay. once it's in your colon, it's going to be absorbed unless you, you know, evacuate it through the uh, through the regular uh, anal, you know, route. So, so, anyways, yeah, you know, yeah, we don't recommend those. Uh, when I was a, how, how many people are doing champagne enemas that you need to put out that warning? Well, I'll tell you, um, I was a um, medical examiner when I when I lived in Vermont for the state of Vermont, and I didn't see any there. But we got a journal called the. Um, name National Association of Medical Examiners, and every month there would be three or four cases of people dying from uh, putting uh, alcohol up there uh, into their colons wow. and then dying from it. So Wow, that's, that's crazy. crazy. So just drink it. We don't have to come up with these novel things. You know, don't shove it in your vagina. That doesn't work. Don't shove it up your ass because that could do harm. Uh, don't put I've seen uh, frat guys doing it um, under their it's eyelids. Yeah, 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 yeah. Don't do that. Just drink it. You know, funny. So on on the SDR show, once a year, because I've actually uh, never done any drugs, right? Yeah. But once okay. a year, once a year on the show, I have tried a drug for the first time ever. <laughs> okay. And I've done you know edibles and um, Molly. Molly ended up being crystal meth by accident. Oh and my I did goodness! Crystal meth unintentionally, mushrooms and cocaine. But we had joked at one point about the term is called boofing when you put cocaine up your butt. But I imagine now what you're telling me, we were going to, Jay and I, because I just thought it was funny, we were going to be in a loving embrace and boof each other (laughs) with cocaine. But now glad we didn't do that because that means I would assume that the absorption rate is much higher through the butt. Yeah, if you did a 
you know, a moderate amount for scientific purposes, you could probably get away with it. But it wasn't boofing. It wasn't that what Kavanaugh uh, said I think that any he did. Sort of bo- anything going up your butt is the term is boofing. I yeah, I think he said that it was vomiting or something. But uh, that's yeah. interesting. Well, that's uh, I think you know words can. I've, I've heard that term also. But <laughs> yeah, of course. But yeah, I'm sure it's a uh, you know I, I'm not going to be held by a scientific standard here with regard to yoga. I'm convinced that yoga was invented 4,000 years ago by some Indian dude with back pain. Um, People make fun of it until they try it. And um, I've gotten, you you know, the first time I did it, it's like, oh, you just move your body around in all these positions. And after an hour, I was so, I was sweating. My heart Mm -hmm. was racing. I was out of breath. I mean, it's incredible how doing those poses can actually give you a real workout. And then the reward is that big relax at the end. And I had my one out-of-body experience um, in my life doing yoga to Steve Ross on the TV. So, I mean, that just shows how how powerful it can be, even when it's somebody just doing it on television. For for a brief second, I thought you were going to say your one out-of-body experience was the time you did boof cocaine. No, it's literally doing yoga with Steve Ross, and he's a, yeah. sort of a modern uh, yoga guy. He does traditional yoga poses, but he plays um, you know rhythm and blues type music and stuff. And he's got a good sense of humor. I had just done it. I did it on. I was on a reality show years ago, and they made me do it on the show. And I was going once in a while to yoga, but I find whoa, the yoga is a little too. Uh, like the gongs and the ohms yeah. and that doesn't sit with me. I had to, I went to try a class in my neighborhood not that long ago. And as soon as we sit down, she hits a gong, like a dish gong mm-hmm. and the whole goes, Oh, and oh. I just got up and left. No, I'm thank like, this you. is not for me. I got to go. You might like Steve Ross then you can check him out on YouTube. I think that's where he used to be on the oxygen network. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but then the last time I saw some of his stuff was on, uh, was on, uh, uh YouTube. But uh, yeah, he doesn't. He doesn't do any of that BS. And yeah. the thing about yoga is, um, even so, you'll see some people that you know the they love the fact that they can take their knee and put it up next to their ear, right? And their toe is pointing up at the ceiling. If you just attempt it, you get the same, maybe even more benefit out of it than those people do. So you get the same thing, even if you can't attain those poses, just trying to attain them. Well, I tell you that I've been trying as, as you know, uh, one of the reasons why I'm on here today is that, you know, I right at uh, when COVID hit, I gained a lot of weight in the beginning. Like the first two months, I think like everybody yep. just started eating like an animal. And then we started really looking into on good sugar, what I could do to start getting control of what was going on in both. You know, I think especially Jews like myself and Middle Eastern, which I'm also we associate food and, and feelings very much so not like. I don't think the Scandinavian culture does that as much or other cultures, but for sure, my culture, you know, something good happens, let's go eat. Something bad happens, let's go eat, you know. Yeah. So that's what I was doing. I gained a bunch of weight, and then I started looking into what I can do to start finding myself again or getting bad, better in a good place. And A, was stretching, but not yoga. I just do some stretching and running. Those are the two things I started doing. Okay. And both of them I found do help. I am more reluctant to the stretching for some reason, probably because it just hurts more. I don't know. Like, yeah. I don't uh, know why. But the running, which is crazy to show how your body adapts. It amazes me when you when you hear those stories all the time about the body adapts. So when I started running, 
I use this app. It's a free app called C25K. Sure. To a 5K, I did that. Right? Yep. I did that. And one. it starts with a one minute run that I could not do. Like I was <laughs> well, exhausted. If I remember it, part of it was just walking in the beginning. It's walking, running, yeah. walking, mm-hmm, running mm-hmm, interval. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. it starts with a five minute walk, then a one minute run, one minute walk, you know, whatever. And you slowly build up over time till last Saturday. I ran 12 miles. I ran two hours and 20 minutes straight. Wow. And what a difference a few months makes. Like I think it's six months that I went from I can't run a minute to I just ran two hours and 20 minutes. Yeah, that's awesome. That's that's incredible. And, yeah, it is all about adaptation because if you, if you started and just tried to run two hours and 20 minutes, you would kill it. You would die. Or you would yeah. wish that you were dead. And all your <laughs> muscles would be torn up and stuff. Now, I did catch to 5K, and then I'm just I'm a lot older than you are. And uh, my body wasn't ready for it. And I did not stretch before I ran. I said that stretching is for P words. And so uh, I, and I ran, and I tore my gastrocnemius muscle, which is the big muscle in your calf. And I So let up, me ask you about that yeah. really quickly. I have read very different results on on not results but you know like papers and and docs and stuff on stretching before you run yeah the the most what seems to be pervasive that i've read is you should definitely warm up before you run right but i do like a a 10 minute walk i don't stretch at all when i come home i do this thing called compression boots yep and i put my legs in those for about 45 minutes i don't stretch i stretch afterwards like down the road but I don't stretch at all beforehand, and I've read that that sometimes there's been some science that shows stretching beforehand could actually do damage or make you less, uh, more susceptible to injury. I don't know if that's true or not, but I read a lot about that. Yeah, um, I, I think that's still controversial. A lot of the physical therapists, the sports physiologists still recommend stretching, but... Um, it, I, it certainly in my case would have helped because I was so tight. I could tell that day I was tight when I was running and part of it was my technique too. Right. But, but also um, did you walk before? I walked like 15 minutes beforehand. No, it's, you know, I didn't do anything that it said to do. So I, <laughs> yeah, I just did the running part and that was the mistake. So yeah, I think any kind of warm up is probably reasonable and, uh, uh, stretching can be a shortcut to get you there, and I'll do some more research on that. I don't, I don't know that there's a definitive answer on that. I know some people think that there is, but you'll get anytime you get people on both sides of the equation equally vehement. It usually tells me that it didn't make any difference one way or the other. But I'll look. I'll, I'll uh, admit that I don't know the uh, definitive answer to that. Yeah. On, on Good Sugar, we had the founders of the company stretched, yeah. which is like. They do those, whether you go there and they stretch you, you know, that yes, kind of thing. Sure. And that's why I did all this research. And I was like ready for this gotcha moment that I have all this research that shows that it may not be good for you. And their response was, well, if you feel good, you should do it. I'm not saying we're not backing <laughs> it with science. I'm like, oh, well, there goes my argument out there. Yeah. No, you're not saying. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking at some uh, research right now on PubMed.gov, which, by the way, for all of our listeners is free. You can get on there and you can look at uh, peer-reviewed literature. And uh, this says, uh, well, let me see. Um, I'll have to look at this. I'm not, nothing's popping out that says one way or the other that's very interesting. So, yeah. Um, But anyway, um, yes, and cool down is very important after you're done uh, working out. Yeah, I do that too. So where I live, (laughs) it's about a half a mile to the water. So that's my walk there and my walk back. And then I run half of where I think I'm going to go and then turn around and run back. 
So my my run ends up where I started, and then I just walk home. Great. So what do you do anything uh, post-running as far as rescue is concerned, as far as uh, supplements or any of that kind of stuff? Yeah, so I take a bunch of stuff. That's one of the other reasons why I'm on the phone with you. Okay. Um, well, one is I do these compression boots. Yeah. I don't know if that does anything. They say it's great for the lymphatic system. <laughs> I don't know what that means. It just feels good, so I do it. Yeah. Right? And it's these boots, like they look like giant sleeves for your legs, yep. and then it's air compression through your boots, which I don't know if it's good or bad. Who knows? But I do have a bevy of things that I take that I still, I've heard are good for you. I don't know if they are. Sure. I haven't done the research. So we'll start with, which I think I told you a uh, second, like uh, it's called Noom or Noon, N-O-O-N or N-U-U-N, and it's a, um electrolyte supplement. Okay. That I pre and post the run. Because one time, I, the first time I ran 10 miles, I had a headache for two days. And someone told me that you depleted something in your body you needed to replace the electrolytes. Sure. Now I do the noon before and after I run. Yeah, not is to that, be confused with Noom, which is the uh, app for uh, weight right, loss. No. Right, right, right. Yeah. N-U-U-N. So a mistake that people will make is, and this this has to do with more than just exercise, too, if you have diarrhea. Uh, you know, some diarrheal illness, and you're losing a lot of fluid, and then you replace it with plain water. You're losing electrolytes, but you're replacing it with plain water, which what has to happen? The body can't manufacture electrolytes, so naturally the electrolyte levels are going to drop. And when things like magnesium drops, then you'll get muscle cramps and sodium and potassium. I mean, if they drop enough, you can have some really serious adverse effects. So uh, I have no problem with electrolyte replacement after working out. Now, salt tablets are um, have been demonstrated to not be a good idea because people don't drink enough water with them. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. I drink this. I'm going to hold this up to you. I know your listeners can't see, but I'm holding up a eight ounce, an eight glass jug of water there you go. that I bring with me everywhere I go. Yep. I make sure I fill it up in the morning and finish it by five o'clock in the afternoon. Good. So I don't stay up all night peeing. Yeah, very good. And uh, so, yeah, I have no problem with that. I think that and whether noon, what they've got in it is worth how much they're charging you for it, for their proprietary blend. That could be argued, but I, I don't have a problem with it. Okay. One of the other post-marathon type things, uh, see, my son was a, a cross-country runner, and so I did uh, a bit of research on this. And we found that post-marathon rescue with just protein was very effective and really, you know, he's a kid. Chocolate milk is about as good as anything else. You can buy muscle milk and you can buy all these things. Chocolate milk is a reasonable protein rescue. There is um, an amino acid called L-citrulline. And I don't know if you're taking that, but that's supposed to increase blood flow to the um, muscles after uh, after you work out and enhance healing. So that's that's one of those things that we can right. just so look that, at. That's right. So I do do a uh, this a bunch of stuff, right? Okay. Yeah. I take a I do take a, a whey protein as my uh okay. post workout meal, right? Yeah. But then I put all this weird stuff in. So here's where it's gonna get weird, <laughs> okay. right? First is I do a shot and the shot is apple cider vinegar. Okay. Pickle juice, which I've heard is good for cramps, might be total nonsense, right? Okay. Then I have two powders that I use. One is called um, uh, greens. um, Naked uh, greens. Naked naked greens. And the other one's called, like, Ultimate Live. And they both have supposedly tons of—one's crazy expensive, but supposed to be really, you know, 
all dehydrated or, or powdered versions of things that are supposed to be great for you. Yeah. Which maybe if I had a phenomenal diet that I ate perfectly, maybe I wouldn't need these things. But in my head, I don't eat perfectly. So maybe this is a way of sneaking in a better or closer to better diet. I don't know if it's true or not. And then I take a magnesium, okay. which you mentioned before, which makes me think maybe that's right. Um, branch chain amino acid, glycosamine conjointin. Uh, God, I take so much crap. It's nuts. And um, <laughs> I take uh, probably one or two other things I'm forgetting, but that's, uh, those are the main ones. Oh, collagen and uh, turmeric. Yeah, yeah, okay. Do you want me to just kind of go through these? Kind of go through it. Let me know if I'm wasting money okay. for doing nonsense. Um, so, uh, yeah, the, the thing here, let me just start at the bottom. So the Naked Greens powder, you read their website and they say, you know, uh, get a fresh perspective, you know, start naked with your greens. Is this the same place? Naked greens. Yeah. To taste tempting salads and, you know, uh, crisp lettuce and all this stuff. Well, maybe this is something different. Wait a minute. Oh, I think this is actually a salad. <laughs> Wait a uh, green superfood powder, naked greens powder. There we go. Okay. So, yeah, they've got uh, broccoli and alfalfa and stuff like that. So, the, look, yeah, there's, there's going to be some minerals. There's going to be some iron in there. I've always been a fan of just eating the stuff rather than – because this is a very American kind of thing. So there was a study that showed that people in Scandinavian countries who ate a lot of fish had fewer heart attacks, right? Mm -hmm. So what's the American, um, uh, you know, solution to that is put a bunch of fish in a vat and render them down to, to an to, oil, to right. an oil yeah. and then just take the oil. And then we find out that that doesn't really work very well. And one of the, th the reasons was is these people were eating fish. So they were eating a lot of fish. And so they were eating less of other things that may be causing them problems. Right. And right, right. the omega-3s and omega-6s and all the stuff that's in there is probably pretty good for you as well. And um, they, they didn't correct for mercury poisoning and those kinds of things. But anyway, so I think uh, eating the fish is better. The thing with the pickle juice, again, is what is pickle juice? It depends. What kind of pickles? Is it dill pickles? Is it? Well, this is the company that makes specifically like drinkable pickle juice supposed to be good for you. So are they making pickles and then draining it yeah. off? Okay. Yes. So are they cucumber pickles or is it pickled herring? You know what I mean? It matters. Probably, I imagine it's cucumber pickles. You imagine it is. So yeah. we would want to know that because cucumbers right. have some things that are good for you, vitamin K and some other things like that in them. Uh, why not just eat the effing pickles, though? You know, now, right after you, right after you work out, probably the last thing you want is to eat a damn pickle. So uh, but so that matters because I've pickled, uh, you know, I went through a phase, particularly when I went lived in Vermont, where I was preserving everything. And, you know, pickles have salt and they may have aluminum, you know, like certain salts of aluminum, which you may or may not want to ingest and um, and vinegar. And so um, are you are you really getting is it just the juice or is it the leaching out of the nutrients from the cucumbers, which they're under high heat, right, when you make pickles. So you're destroying some stuff. Some stuff will survive. So throw out the pickle juice. I get so it. So I'm just yeah, I'm just I don't know about that one. I, I now look, I, how do we know things? 
the way we know things is by studying them properly. And just because I say this doesn't make sense to me doesn't mean it doesn't help. The way that we would find out is you take 100 people and you run them and uh, another 100 people and run them. This group, you give them pickle juice. This group, you give them some placebo. And uh, uh, if you don't tell them it's a pickle juice trial and you don't let them talk, it could be just water, you know, because they, they right. wouldn't know. And then you have to have an endpoint. So what's our endpoint? Is it um, less muscle pain, increased endurance? I mean, you've got to pick something to measure. Right. And then if uh, you measure that, if there's a statistically significant difference between the pickle juice and the placebo, then you can make a claim about it. As long as I was imagine your uh, two uh, study groups are reasonably the same makeup of person, uh, okay, or I'm else gonna, it's meaningless. I'm going to give you one of these. Give yourself a bill. <laughs> That's exactly right. They, you have to match your controls with your with your cohort, because yeah, if you've just got a hundred fat people in the placebo right. group, then it's and yeah, just like I remember when I watched that documentary, um, we had him on Good Sugar, the guy that wrote that documentary about a. Uh, eating vegan and athletes that eat vegan. I can't think of the name of the movie right now, but they said that in meat trials, when they say meat's bad for you, a McDonald's hamburger is in the same category as, uh, you know, elk that's been far, you know, organically right. raised. Or and then the one you don't factor in, the person that's eating a McDonald's burger on a regular basis probably is not making other great dietary choices. That's right. That's right. So that's really hard to control for in some of these studies as well. Right. Today's episode is brought to you by Angie. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs done well. Let me tell you, there's the version of it where you try to do something at home, and then there's a version of it where you have someone help you, you watch them do it the right way, and you go, thank God I didn't try to do that myself. I have fully done things around the home that I think look good, and then a bang in the night, and I wake up to a shelf collapsing, a painting falling off the wall. Like it, I've, I've seen it all go south. I own a home, and I can tell you, I know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Whatever your home project, big or small, indoor or outdoor, you can Angie that and connect with skilled professionals to get the project done well. Right now, one of my wish lists is I want a bike for my condo in Milwaukee and I would love to rig it up on a pulley in the ceiling because I have one of those like lofted ceilings, but I'm so scared to try that on my own. Angie has 20 years of home experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app. Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com. You know. Well, what about so, the apple cider vinegar? Because I've read a ton of stuff. Okay. Well, that's good for you. Okay. So apple cider vinegar, again, is made from apple juice that's allowed to ferment to the point that uh, the, the fermentation is halted just before it gets to ethanol or it's fermented to ethanol and then allowed to oxidize to vinegar. And that's so it's acetic acid instead of um, instead of ethyl alcohol. And um, so it's very acidic. The one nice thing about um, acidic fluids, when you take them in, you, your body is very closely 
going to um, control your pH, you know, your acid-base balance. Mm -hmm. If I test yours, it's going to be 7.4. Any healthy person will... You take 100 people, they'll all be about 7.4. Now, if they're hyperventilating, it'll be a little higher. If they've got um, emphysema, it might be a little lower. But 100 normal, healthy people will all be 7.4, so it's very closely controlled. So if you take a bunch of acid in, your body's got to deal with it, and it's just going to piss it back out, right? And so you'll you'll excrete acidic urine. And that's good to prevent um, struvite stones. Struvite stones are um, uh, ammonium magnesium phosphate stones. Uh, and it'll also prevent the formation of calcium phosphate stones, which is why I tell everybody that's got kidney stones, make sure you get them analyzed. Because if they're uric acid stones, you can uh, alkalize your urine. If they're you know, these other two stones I just mentioned, struvite or calcium phosphate stones, you can acidify your urine and stop making those. So so there's no question that drinking an acidic fluid like apple cider could be helpful. The science is really spotty. Anybody that makes a claim that says that this has been definitively uh, demonstrated that it does this, this, or this, the, the uh, you know, I'm, I will argue with them that, that they really can't make that claim. But... Hmm. It ain't going to hurt anything unless you've got right, ulcers, yeah. right? Right. Well, good then. Then I'm sticking, tossing out the pickle juice, keeping the apple cider vinegar. It, got may, it. it may help obesity. And it, you know what? I will uh, look also at pickle juice and see if there are any double-blind placebo-controlled trials. But if there aren't, why don't we do one? But, to, but I'm telling you, Ralph, picking that endpoint is important. Right. When they studied sildenafil, which is the active ingredient in Viagra, they chose an endpoint of high, high blood pressure, you know, of, of reducing mm -hmm. blood pressure. And it kind of failed with that. But then all these guys were, were reporting in the secondary sort of adverse effects or secondary effects. I wouldn't call it an adverse effect at all, <laughs> uh, that they were getting these meaty erections. And so that's when they, they had to do another study. They couldn't submit that study. Right. To the there FDA. wasn't an intended study. That, that wasn't the, the, end, the intended endpoint. That's right. So then they had to do another set of studies with erectile function as being the, the endpoint. And then they could file for FDA approval and actually say right. that it did something. You know, awesome. so, so what, you know, it's like people ask me, well, was vitamin D any good? And it's like, well, what are you trying to accomplish? If you, right. don't, if you don't want to get rickets, it's great. Um, if you want to prevent cancer, the data isn't that good for that, you know. Right. But now you you did say magnesium is something to take. That's not necessarily bad for you. Well, no, no, it's not bad. No, magnesium is good for the heart, and it's probably good for leg cramps too. If you take magnesium and you still have leg cramps at night, quinine is something that you can take. Oh, yeah. I, I, I was doing that for a while because I read that, which is, again, I read a lot of not Since I started Good Sugar, yeah. I read a lot of things. And I read at one point people were thinking quinine might help prevent COVID. But that's that kind right. Of... They were getting it confused with some other, with some with some other things. But and most likely uh, hydroxychloroquine. But um, because it it's a um, quinine was the original anti-malarial, right? Mm -hmm. And hydroxychloroquine also was used as an anti-malarial. And uh, so, therefore, well, it makes sense that quinine might work. So you're right. I like to drink gin and tonics, and I couldn't buy any tonic water anywhere because people figured out that that's the only place you can get quinine anymore because you can't get the pills anymore. Right. But that's drinking a quarter of um, 
a quarter of a cup or a half a cup of quinine water before you go to bed if you're prone to having uh, uh, muscle cramps actually helps. Uh, you know, the data is decent on it. And my um, anecdotal evidence in my population over 35 years of doing medical practice has been astounding. You know? That's good because I know that after the super long runs, which I do a, a 5K, a 10K, and then go for distance every week. I yep. run every Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. And uh, after that, 10, that long run, which is usually 10 to 12 miles, I don't sleep at night because my legs hurt so much. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Yeah. It's good to know that I'll try that. I'll try that. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Give it a try and see. But it really—I'm talking about Charlie horses, you know. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then now, what about the glycosamine conjointin? It's okay. also supposed to be for uh, pain. That's for yeah, and it's really for joint pain. Glucosamine has been shown in a couple of studies to be as effective as ibuprofen for joint pain. Chondroitin has not. And you'll notice if you go to wherever you're buying your supplements. If, if they have glucosamine by itself and mm -hmm. then they have glucosamine plus chondroitin, the glucosamine plus chondroitin is almost four times more, but the chondroitin really doesn't do anything. So I would oh, just really? buy pure glucosamine sulfate. Yeah. Oh, good to know that. All right, that's yeah. done. I'm learning a lot that, here, sir. That'll save you some money. Yeah. And then uh, so we, we knocked out the uh, – what about the live ultimate powder? That one is filled Yeah, what's with that got in it? Do you, huh? do you, what's that got in it? Do you know? I'm going to – Hold on a second. Okay, well, that's up. okay. This is a very now, informal show, so I'm looking it up at the same time. Yeah. It's on my Amazon because I just ordered it again because it's crazy expensive. I'll tell you that. Wow, it certainly is. Okay, superfood nutrition, highest quality, pure, sustainable superfood ingredients. That always makes me a little bit suspicious. Okay, oh, uh, alkalize, detoxify, and nourish. Now, anytime somebody says that they're getting rid of toxins, I start getting suspicious because Fair it's enough. like, well, what toxins are we talking about? Now, are you talking about lactic acid? I mean, that is kind of a toxin that your muscles will produce and it causes muscle pain and stuff. If that's what you're talking about, say that, but then show me that before and after there's some effect on your lactic acid uh, metabolism. Right. You know, you got to be able to show it. And when I see, and I'm just getting off on one of my pet peeves, when I see, oh, you know, this is going to get rid of toxins in your liver. Okay, what toxins? What are right. they? You're, you're saying it, so they should be measurable. So name them. And then uh, let's do a study that shows that we uh, that after I take whatever it is that you're giving me, that I've got less of that in my body. Right. You, know, you know, it's funny. I'm going to be honest with you on this one. My brother recommended it, right? Yeah. And I, yeah. he goes, he felt, he felt amazing after taking it. And I've not felt anything. And I'm reading some of the things it wrote. And it, it says on its end, and it makes me cringe. The line of uh, uh, balance and restore your body for peak performance and enlightened health is enough for me to know I probably shouldn't take yeah, it. Yeah, and I don't know. Look, they may be wonderful, and uh, one, and I'm not dumping on them. I'm talking about in general when I see those things. Now, this may be the greatest thing. And listen, if it makes you feel better and it's not doing any harm, I have no problem with it. It does a little harm to my wallet, though. It's $100 for that stupid thing. So for how, how long does that last? Uh, well, it's still on the first one. You only use it, uh, you know, one of the servings at a time. Probably like 50 servings are in there, 100 servings, I'm guessing. Okay. Now, all the people in that photograph in the upper left-hand corner are all quite attractive. So if it yeah. has some, you know, I'm, I might be more into this. 
I might. Sudden. I thought it was going to make. I thought it was going to make me good looking, doctor. I know. <laughs> I can't find anything about the ingredients, so I'm just gestalting it. So if you yeah, want to yeah, send I mean, me I mean, those, those uh, silly trigger marketing words for health make me cringe. Right, and and that may be all it is. Again, this stuff may be very good for you, but I'm not a fan of the marketing. It's just like my other pet peeve is marketing adult gummies to, I mean, gummies to adults because they taste good. Well, I, right. I love my vitamin. It's a delicious gummy. It's like, shut, I am not seven. There are <laughs> reasons why you might want to take your medicine in gummy form. Melatonin's a good example of that because when it's in the pills, it sometimes binds to the um, to the clay matrix and you don't absorb it all. But in a gummy, of course, it just dissolves and all that. It increases the bioavailability of some stuff. So say that, but don't tell me how delicious it is. I'm, I'm not taking vitamins because they taste good you know that's, that's how you fool makes, your kid to take them yeah or you put it in a, in a pill you put it in, in some peanut butter for your dog that's right I, and if i did i have anything else on my list I you forget certainly now, did you uh, had turmeric or turmeric or turmeric a lot of people it's pronounced lots of different ways it's pretty cool stuff it's anti-inflammatory so it's going to have some of the same effects as say an ibuprofen or a naproxen presumably with fewer adverse effects. And uh, it may be anti-cancer, but most anti-inflammatory things are. There are certain cancers that are certainly triggered by inflammation, and uh, colon cancer seems to be one of them. So there, are, people are legitimately studying turmeric as as a, um, a risk factor mitigator for some people that are at high risk for cancer. So. Um, that term is it? I'm going to screw up the pronunciation, but anti-androgenic is that the right word? Uh, hmm. Well, I'm hmm. I'm not aware that it's anti-androgenic. So, uh, androgens okay. are you know are male hormones like testosterone okay. and stuff. So I'm no. not a, I'm not aware of that. I, again, no. I'm not a nutrition. I'm I'm you know I'm a physician scientist, and so I you know I'm interested in the science behind these things. But that's that's new to me. I'll I'll have to take a look at that. Okay, fair enough. Fair yep. enough. Yep. Um, and then marine Motion collagen. Detected at the front door. Yeah, oh, no, that's my I've ring video that. doorbell. Sorry. Oh, that's uh, marine collagen. Collagen is is basically digested, but it's absorbed as this um, uh, as this sort of soup peptide called um, hydroxyproline, and then there's okay. pro prolyl hydroxyproline. And then hydroxyprolylglycine, okay? And both of these, or all three of these, concentrate in damaged tissues. And the hypothesis is that they promote repair. I have no problem with taking collagen. It's not going to do you any harm. It might do some good. Again, with a lot of this stuff, doing the double-blind placebo-controlled studies are expensive. And so if people feel like they're getting some benefit from it, I'm okay with it as long as it's not doing any harm. It's like vitamin D supplementation. All of these things that I've taken, the last one I want to get to is the branched-chain amino acid as well. But I don't feel different taking any of it. Nothing have I ever done. Like, wow, do I feel great today. It doesn't – I've also because I think – you know, I am 6'6". Six, six. I'm a big guy. So maybe I'm not taking enough or, you yeah. know, the, the recommended dose doesn't really apply to a monster like myself. So I don't know. But I've never taken anything where I'm like, ooh, I feel energized today. Well, you know, there can be cumulative effects to, of exercise as well that you wouldn't know that you were preventing. You couldn't go back and say, well, let me not take this for 10 years and see if my knees go bad. 
Right, right. You know, right, right. So it's one of those where you're just hoping, and what you really just want to do is not break the the bank. You know, don't take so much stuff that you can't afford, and then uh, try not to take anything that's going to harm you. And so far, you're so far so good on all of these things. And then, lastly, is one that my trainer recommended, which is the branch chain amino acids. Yeah, I am. I'm in favor of that. Branch chain amino acids. All that means that they're just regular amino acids. It's leucine, isoleucine, and another one called valine. And the branch chain just means, you know, it refers to its chemical structure. And there are studies that suggest that branch chain amino acids may prevent muscle breakdown during exercise. So I have no, they're not going to hurt you, and I have no problem with somebody. Right, so I'm going to get rid of the, the – I'm getting rid of the powders. I'm getting well. rid of the pickle juice. <laughs> uh, and then I'm keeping everything else. I I think that's reasonable, and I, I don't even have a problem with the powders. I just, you know, I'm not a fan of the way that they're marketing them. Well, well just because also with, when it comes to the powders, because I've had a doctor tell me this also on the sh- on, on on good sugar, yeah, that if you're eating a great diet, like you don't need to take that. But the reality of most people is we are not eating a great diet. Yeah. So if this inches me closer to that, even incrementally, maybe it's not so bad. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I'm. I don't have a huge problem with it. Like I said, it's just the marketing to me just turns me off. That's all it is. And (laughs) if they've got science, let's see it. I I looked at their website just briefly, didn't see, you know, some of those sites will have a a link that says, oh, you know, check out our peer-reviewed articles. And sometimes, and then you'll, let let me give everybody a tip on that. When you are at a site and they give you articles like that, verify it by going to PubMed and seeing if there aren't a hundred other articles that are, you know, saying just the opposite, or if those things are really there, because I've done that before, could never find those articles anywhere. And uh, let me just talk to you just for a second about selection bias when it comes to testimonials. So let's say uh, there's a 5% placebo effect for Mm -hmm. some, whatever, some supplement. And uh, let's say uh, we'll call it. We'll say it rhymes with naked fleens. I don't know. And um, okay. no, I'm just. Uh, and yeah, but a five percent placebo effect. And you send out a thousand of these things to uh, people, and of course, because it's five percent, fifty of them will get some positive effect from it, right? Right. And you send out, uh, hey, send us your things. You get 950 saying, you guys are stupid. This doesn't do anything. But then you get 50 saying, wow, it really helped me do this. It helped me run longer. I felt better. And then you just publish those on your website. Now you've got 50 testimonials, page after page after page of testimonials saying that this stuff works. And it's that's all it is. So um, 50 anecdotal reports are still anecdotal evidence. So right, just course. be careful of that. Right, of course. Especially yeah. if they're the ones – like on Amazon, when you read reviews, while they may be anecdotal, if enough people are writing reviews arbitrarily, you could kind of get an idea of what it's for. Yeah. But if the company itself is the one selecting the reviews to put on the site – how could you trust it? Right. And I have some concerns about some of the Amazon things, too, because some of the – I've been on some products that were made in, say, another country where the – it had, you know, hundreds of reviews, but they all seemed eerily similar. And I wondered if they didn't have if, – if you can't pay for – 
you know, somebody uh, to, yeah. you know, increase your, um, your the number of stars by doing fake reviews. I don't know. But I, I suspect that on certain things that I've seen on Amazon. So it's also why I never understood why on a resume people would ask for referrals. You're not going to give a psychopath right. referral. You know, it makes no sense. Right. It always was totally useless. But the I guess the argument is if you don't even have two or three people that could say nice things about you. Then you probably shouldn't be hired. You right. know what I mean? I don't, I don't know. I Who guess. Knows? I guess. Because do I ever say anything bad about somebody on a? Uh, if if I if I don't like them, I want to get rid of them. So I'm going to give right. them a good review. Right. And of then course. I don't it's... want them coming back and showing up at my house with a shotgun, saying, "Hey, right. you know, I went up for this job and I didn't get it because of your sh- crappy review." So you're always going to give a good review. I don't. Uh, I don't think any of that stuff works. I agree. I could not agree more. <laughs> So okay, so good. Yeah, I think you're in good shape. I, I'm Thank really. You. I don't. Feel so, I don't feel so bad now. I thought you were going to shit on my stuff a lot more. No, I'm very impressed with what you've done. Matter of fact, you've inspired me. I need to do some of that myself. I've, I am, like I said, a lot older than you, and I'm. My body is starting to to uh, turn against me, and mm-hmm. I've got. Um, um, uh, stenosis, in other words, narrowing of one of the canals through which the major nerve that goes down into my leg goes through. And so, you know, if you if you take a, a needle nose plier and you compress a nerve in the back that goes to the leg, you're going to hurt in the leg. And so I've got horrific pain in my leg. Oh. And I've been doing physical therapy and inversion therapy and stuff like that. And uh, so I'm trying to find a way that I can get healthy without running because I can barely walk what about, a mile. Uh, what about a bike? Well, like that's – yeah, the um, – They've got a, a reclining stair stepper, and that doesn't hurt when I do that. And anything, um, because it's stenosis, anytime I can bend my back, you know, it, it hurts less. So, yeah, I'm having to do a, a recumbent bicycle. When you brought it up, it made me think of one last thing that I know I didn't tell you in advance. You may not know off the top of your head, but I'm curious if you have any thoughts about it, because I do love this one. I Regardless of what you say, I'm going to do it anyway. <laughs> okay, okay, fair yeah. enough. But I'd say like once a week, once every two weeks, I go do cryotherapy. Yes, and I think I feel I feel high afterwards. Yeah, legitimately feel like I'm on drugs from three minutes in this chamber that is negative 250 degrees. Yeah, it's crazy. But I don't know. I know that for years you see sports figures in every uh, movie you've ever watched emerging the, emerging themselves in ice bath. This to me is like a rapid fire version of that. Yeah. I don't know if it does anything. Sure but does. Boy, do I good afterwards. Yeah, um, as long as they do it properly and you don't get frostbite in any uh, you know parts that you wouldn't want right. to, to to drop off. Um, it, um, cold is a direct anti-inflammatory. And uh, that's why, you know, if you break, if you sprain your ankle, you want to get a cold compress on it. You don't want to put ice directly on it, but a cold compress will help and um, decrease the inflammation, decrease the swelling, the whole thing. And the physical therapists have the, like that compression uh, sleeve that you were talking uh, about. They have cold ones and they get them wow, out of the freezer and they wrap them on you they're about an inch maybe an inch and a half thick with big heavy velcro straps on there and they will compress the crap out of your leg with this cold and it feels so freaking good yeah, yeah particularly yeah. if you have an injury so yeah i have no the problem place with they it. go to they do it's a 3 minute freezing cold yep. and then you sit on a heated lounge chair for 20 minutes with these compression boots and then when i walk out i swear i remember saying to the girl i was dating at the time 
do you feel like it's a really beautiful green day right now? Like I feel like <laughs> I, I think that I would never say, and I just, it just like it, I felt I definitely felt high. Yeah. No, that's awesome. Yeah, and it probably re- releases endorphins, which are natural painkillers in your body, and uh, they're related to opioids. You know, they hit the same receptors, and it's probably dropping your blood pressure a little bit once you stop. Because when you first start, you know, you're going to compress all those blood vessels and they'll constrict in the cold. And then when you uh, come back to normal temperature again, they'll relax and it drops your blood pressure a little bit. And you might feel a little bit lightheaded, which can be pleasant if it's not too extreme. So, yeah, all those things all make sense. All right, good. I feel better about myself, sir. Yeah, no, that's fantastic, man. We've got, um, looks like, about a minute before we start hearing the music. So uh, why don't you plug whatever's whatever's sure. going on Very with quick. you? Follow me everywhere at I am Ralph Sutton, uh, me personally. My show, The SDR Show, at The SDR Show Everywhere. We did a great episode recently with Rob Halford. We did one with Neil deGrasse Tyson. We had uh, Ray Romano on. We get great guests on that show. And then Good Sugar, which you should come on, Good Sugar. I would love you to come well, on as a guest. We could d- discuss things with my uh, friend with Juice Press, and that is uh, goodsugar.life. Thank you so much for having me on the show, man. Always a pleasure. No, thank. Thanks for being here. And tell Big J he still owes me four hundred bucks. I will, you know, I'm making it public. Big J owes me four hundred bucks. And, oh, I'm gonna see him in a couple hours. I will tell. Okay. Him. And oh, one thing I want you to check out. Do you have a virtual reality helmet? I do. I use it all the time. Okay. Uh, check out the Trip app. T R I P P. Use it. I use it. Oh, I use it all the time. well, I had uh, the uh, creator of the Trip app on my show. And uh, she is awesome, and I'm uh, hoping to do some work with them uh, going in the future. So we'll see. I, I am a huge believer in that. One of the things I started doing also was that once a week I do meditation, and I found it's easier to do it with that app because I feel like it's a mixture of a game and doing some wellness. But it's the greatest meditation in the world. Anybody that um, has never tried virtual reality, try that. It's only on the Oculus Quest and the Oculus rift and the go i believe appreciate ralph being here today and we can't forget rob sprantz bob kelly greg hughes anthony cumia jim norton travis teft lewis johnson paul ofcharsky eric nagel roland campos sam roberts uh keith kramer the great guitarist extraordinaire pat duffy dennis falcone matt kleinschmidt holly gould dale dutley the great rob bartlett chowdy from south florida bernie and sid ron bennington and fez watley support of this show has never gone unappreciated listen to our Sirius XM show on the Faction Talk channel Sirius XM channel 103 Saturdays at 8pm Eastern Sunday at 5pm Eastern on demand and other times at Jim McClure's pleasure. Many thanks to our listeners whose voicemail and topic ideas make this job very easy and go to our website at drsteve.com for schedules and podcasts and other crap. Until next time Check your stupid nuts for lumps. Quit smoking. Get off your asses. Wash your hands. Wear your face mask and get some exercise. We'll see you in one week for the next edition of Weird Medicine. You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. 
LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of $15,178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.